back into the game. The Iowa men's basketball like, team I is in action on the road tonight visiting Indiana. The Hoosiers have lost three in a row. Both teams are four and five in the Big Ten. The Cubs and the Giants said to be the most likely teams to sign free agent infielder Matt Chapman after Justin Turner agreed to a one-year deal with the Blue Jays. Chiefs defensive end Charles Amena, who was out for the Super Bowl with a torn ACL, suffered in the AFC title game. DraftKings line as the 49ers favored by two. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. It's Miller and Condon, Sports Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until 1. Bottom of the hour, Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports on the Big 12. Their schedule release today. We'll do more on just the schedule. We'll do some Big 10 topics with Pete Mundo coming up here uh, at 1230. Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here, just before 1 and turn things over to Murph and Andy. We have a keyword coming up in 25 hours, and right now we have our friend Wade Lookingbill, former Hawkeye. He joins us to talk about the Hawks and Indiana tonight. It's a 6 o'clock tip. Big 10 Network has the TV. If you can't be in front of it, of course, you can uh, find the I'm on the AM dial down the hall from us at News Radio 1040 WHO. Wade Looking Bill, Trenton Ken. Thanks for coming on, Wade. How are you? Really good. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Before we go forward, uh, let's go back to the Michigan game. Uh, boy, there were parts of that game I thought, you know what? Michigan's going to end up sweeping the Hawks mm. this year, and that did not look good. But uh, I guess Peyton Sanford had other ideas once he got back in the game after the two fouls put him on the bench. And Tony Perkins, who's on a uh, terrific run right now, he was uh, at his best again as well. But that Michigan game, kind of precarious for at least certain uh, times of that game, Wade. It was. It was. You know, it's something where it's just it's almost two different halves. You know, I was I was at the Purdue game at home. Pretty good atmosphere, really good atmosphere actually, and and they played fairly well. They just didn't rebound. And then I went again on Wednesday to the Maryland game, and it just was it was a clunker. And I think yeah. that first half against Michigan was the same way, but boy, they got better the second half, and that's why I have some optimism for for tonight Iowa's been pretty good on the road this year and i think it's going to carry over again tonight now it goes without saying you hit 50 percent of your threes and don't miss a free throw you're going to be pretty good offensively but there's also been stretches this year where this team has been better defensively i thought they were going to be a disaster Mm -hmm. and they're improved from what they were even a year ago behind it who's the who's the ringleader would you say Trent? well let's go to wade he's uh he's a better expert than me what are you seeing defensively we're still not talking about an elite defense but better why are they better you know i i think i think they're just i think they're starting up the bench a little bit you Mm -hmm. know brock hardy's minutes aren't 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 as much as they were a month ago patrick mccaffrey's Health isn't great. Mm-hmm. His minutes aren't what they were, you know, a month ago. I, I think they're, you know, Price Stanford hasn't played much recently, yep. which I don't know if that's the correct thing to do or not. But I, I think they're playing eight guys, and Desante Bowen is is limited, but he can guard people. And I think they're they're spotting places where, you know, they'll almost kind of an offense defense. And you know, if you look at Peyton Sanford, Peyton Sanford's in he's in the top ten in rebounding in the conference. I mean, he's more than just a shooter. And now I was got to get even tonight, let's say 20 from Peyton, probably 20 from Tony Perkins. 
and then everybody else has got to find a way to, 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 to contribute. But I think Ben Cricky can guard pretty well. Owen Freeman's a rim protector yep. for, for a young kid. So I think all that stuff helps. Who's the MVP of this team through the, for the first uh, three months of the season? Would it, would, would it be Tony Perkins? I think it almost would be, wouldn't it? I don't think it's even close. I think Tony's been kind of the one person almost every game that, you know, gets you points. And, and Peyton's had some huge games. Yeah. He's had some ones where he struggled, too. You know, he yeah. was not great against Maryland that Wednesday night. And, um, but, but Tony can guard. You know, Tony's tough. Tony gets steals. Tony gets out in the passing lanes, and he can finish at the rim and get some excitement going. I think it's I I think it's pretty easy as of you know what is today January thirtieth that that Tony Perkins has been the best player for Iowa this year. Speaking of Tony Perkins, he committed to Iowa over offers from Ball State, Bradley, Miami of Ohio, and Toledo. Not exactly the who's who of college basketball there that they beat out for his services. Obviously, the only major conference offer that he even had. How does Fran McCaffrey? How is he able to identify and develop these under-the-radar type of guys? I mean, feels like they got as much as you could possibly hope for from a guy like Tony Perkins. What is it that Fran and the staff do to, to take these guys that have a skill set, maybe they have something that just isn't there, and make them into at least competent Big Ten players? Yeah, so I think, I think Fran's got a lot of pieces. You know, he's got a lot of shooters, and, and Tony Perkins is a good shooter. He's, he's not a great shooter, but he's just... He's just a really good college basketball player, and even more so, he's a scorer. You know, sometimes he's not going to make shots, but he's going to get steals and get layups, or he's going to get to the free throw line. He's improved every year, whether it's from 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 distance with his percentage, from the free throw line, I guess ball handling. He's basically a one slash two guard. I really hope he comes back next year. I think he could be a big piece to yep. to this team getting getting better, but. They they got to get a win tonight. Yeah, he's got his COVID year left, correct? Which he yeah, does. both hit. This is the last year. The kids, so Patrick right. McCaffrey, I think he's yep. already said he's probably done. Uh-huh. Um, but the kids are seniors in college this year. That if if it's their fourth year in college, they can come back for one more. Gotcha. Do you think that the the, the starting lineup of uh, Freeman, Cricky, Sanford, Dix, uh, and Perkins that's been back to back games now, and obviously Patrick's injury uh, took him out of the starting lineup, but he's back now and working minutes where he was north of twenty uh, against Michigan. Do you think Fran has got his starting lineup set, or does yes. Mc- yeah? Well, I hope that's the, the remainder case. Remainder of the year, yeah. I think it's I I think Patrick's better off the bench. You yeah. know, he's He's just had he's had to fight through some things, you know, whether it's the ankle or even last year he was really open with the mental health mm-hmm. stuff. I think sometimes there's less pressure coming off the bench because you can kind of go through layup lines and watch watch the starting lineups, kind of see how the game's going. And Fran is really unique with the way he subs. He won't take his starters out till almost at the six minutes and the last in the first half. A lot of coaches will sub sub before or right after the first TV timeout, but. He plays guys six, seven, sometimes eight minutes. He'll play their entire starting five. Then he brings in the guys off the bench. And I thought Patrick was pretty good against Michigan. I mean, he he shows he shows glimpses where he comes down like he's going to dunk on somebody. Defensively, I think he's gotten better, but I think he's better. I think he's been better, more comfortable coming off the bench. Lajay Dembali comes back after the ankle injury, gives him some minutes, had a block shot in the game. What does he turn into? You know, what is there a comp? Is there a guy that you think about? It just feels like he is scratching the surface, that there's a lot underneath there. If they can dig it out, is he 
a power forward? Is he a three? How does he kind of fit in the Iowa system? And the upside definitely feels like it's there. Yeah, so a couple things. I think he's got to get in, in a little better shape. You know, that freshman, I think he's just kind of a young kid still trying to figure out. But I think he's going to be a really good stretch four. You know, that, kind, that, that guy that can stretch the defense, pull guys out. I mean, he made a couple 17-footers against Michigan, and he, he doesn't hesitate. I think mm-hmm. as, as he gets older, his game will develop and he'll kind of factor in or move into that, that three-point shooting. But that stretch four, you know, he's pretty athletic. Again, mm-hmm. I think he gets in better shape, um, gets more minutes. I, I think he's going to be okay. I, I think Coach McCaffrey's really excited about that freshman class. You know, Should Brock be. Hardy's going to get there. Yep. He's going to get that. That kid works hard. You know, there the, the stretches where he, you know, just looks out of place, but he's going to get there. Yeah, and Owen Freeman's obviously already there. Uh, and uh, well, what's what's his ceiling? How how good could is he? I'm not saying he's Luca Garza. Garza worked harder than anybody I've ever seen to get where he's at. But where where's Owen Freeman? Could he be one of the, uh, um, um, you know, the the next group of Hawkeyes that we're talking about that uh, that really elevates his place amongst Hawkeye lore? Yeah, I mean he's on he's on NBA radars already now that. The thing with Owen is you got to be able to shoot the basketball. If you look at Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, and those are the extremes, but every big guy that wants to make money playing basketball has got to be able to shoot the basketball. You pick and you pop. Nobody sets a screen and rolls to the basket. And you can see Iowa, especially with when, when Brock Harding's in the game, they used to set that screen, him and Owen. They throw the lob up. Owen dunks it. Teams have stopped that. They sag off Brock force him to shoot the basketball, take away that lob. So I think if Owen wants to be a really good player, maybe a great player, he's got to develop a 17-footer, maybe even stretch it out to three. But, I mean, he's he'll be the freshman of the year in the conference. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question. And then as far as athletically, he's pretty good. He can block shots. He's, he's a player Iowa hasn't seen in a long time. He's more athletic than Luka was, wasn't he? I think so. I think he I think is so. too. I don't think there's any question. Yeah. I mean, he catches lobs, blocks shots, protects the rim. You know, and, and, and maybe he maybe that's his that's his MO. You know, the the that's what the Ware kid from Indiana does, the Oregon transfer. Mm-hmm. You know, he just blocks shots, catches lobs, and there's a place for that. But but if you want to be a great player, you have to have some type of offense besides just catch a lobs. But but even posting up, he's pretty good. He's pretty good already. You mentioned Brock Harding and obviously teammates for his final season with Owen Freeman over there in Moline. He was Mr. Basketball in the state and shot it well in his final season at at Moline, but before that was not a great shooter. There's there's something just off with that shot. It's not repeatable. Is that something that can be fixed in the offseason? A guy that's never been considered a great shooter, can they rework that thing and get it manageable? Because without it, it's hard to see him being a starting Big Ten point guard. Yeah, I... You know he's he's not going to become Fred Hoiberg or or <laughs> Steph Curry. Yeah. But I don't think you know you know Brock's got something that 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 not a lot of guys have either, and he can get by you off the dribble almost any time, and he, and he can go by elite defenders in this conference. So he's got a lot of positives that other guys don't have. I think his shot can be can be good enough, and maybe he's not a three point shooter, but he's got to find a way to make that fifteen footer, especially that that ten footer when they. Again, set that screen, roll the basket. They segue off. I, I was at that at, at that Maryland game, and they were just daring him to shoot, mm. just daring him to shoot the basketball. But 
again, he's got a lot of positive to work with that he can improve his shot enough to, to become a really good player. Speaking of find a way, can Iowa find a way to win four out of these next five at Indiana, home to Ohio State, at Penn State, home to Minnesota, and then turn the tables back at Maryland? If Iowa wins four of their next five, that puts them at uh, eight and six in the Big Ten before the water gets significantly deeper with a couple at Illinois and Northwestern and Sparty still on there and, oh, by the yeah. way, Wisconsin. Uh, the, it almost feels like they do need to win four out of these next five to even put themselves in a place to hear them name their name called on selection. I'm, I'm going to say they got to win these next six, Ken. Uh, I, I think it's something where if you look at the schedule, they're not going to win the Illinois at Michigan State, at Northwestern. Say they get two of those. So you got two, two road games. Yep. They find a way to go 12-8 and eight in the conference. To beat Illinois, that, that last game of you that Sunday is mm-hmm. a must. Yep. That still gets you to 12-8, and eight, okay? Even with that, I think they have to get to the semifinals of the Jeez. Big Ten tournament. I, there's just not enough there. But if it, but but if you look at 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 Joe Lenardi today, he's got Nebraska mm-hmm. and Northwestern in the tournament, right? And they're but but their net is below Iowa. But what do what do those two teams have that Iowa doesn't? Purdue win. They have a marquee win. They beat Purdue, right? So so they're going to get in the tournament because of that. So Iowa's close, but. But Maryland's close. Ohio State's close. You know, Minnesota's playing better. Michigan State's an eight seed, which is bizarre. I, I don't understand what, what they've done. Um, but I was, I think they have to win at least five of these next six, maybe all six of them, to even start the conversation. Oof, tough, tough hill to climb, certainly. For this 12 and eight. They got to get to 12 and eight. And I think tonight is one. Indiana's a mess. They, they yes, aren't Michigan, bad. but they aren't that yep. far away. They, yep. Mike Woodson is, there's a lot of rumblings there. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a weird scenario. And they're a lot like Michigan. They got that, re, that, that renowned kid inside, become a big, strong kid. But mm-hmm. this is a pretty good matchup for Iowa. It, it, it actually really is a good matchup. They got bigs, but Iowa's got some bigs, can bring, bring some guys off the bench. I think, I think Iowa finds a way tonight to win in Assembly Hall. Just, they got to get things rolling quickly. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the the uh, game against Ohio State uh, at Carver's Friday night. It is. I thought it was Saturday Friday night at six o'clock. Love yep. it, Carver Hawkeye Arena. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But before it is a road trip to Assembly Hall, it was a venue when you played. I'm sure much different than it is today. Just Bobby Knight. Um, I would. I, you, were you starstruck walking into that place? Well, what was it like, right? You know. So- so again, this sounds so old, but when I was growing up, you know, Indiana won the national championship in in well, they went undefeated in '76. Mm-hmm. They won it with Isaiah in I think it was '82 or '83, and then Alford's senior year they won it in '87. So they had won three titles out of eleven years. So for me, that was the mm-hmm. that especially in the in the Midwest, that was the program. Yeah, and there's something with those. Stupid candy striped pants that they wear, and they're, the place is kind of a dump, but it just crowd is into it and it's loud. It's it's and India has been pretty good at home; they really have. Um, but I think whether it's the time or kind of a weird night, all those things benefit Iowa. And you know, Iowa played better against Michigan on the road than they did at home against Maryland. So I'm hoping that carries over tonight on the road. Wade looking, Bill. Wade, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, six in a row. Uh, and then try, find a way to get to 12. 
And that, uh, that's still... Uh, I think they do it. I think know. it's these next six. That's oh. a big prediction. Yeah, Love it. That would mean a win over Wisconsin as well. Um, that yeah. would work. Good stuff. Wade Looking Bill, we'll speak with you next Thanks, week. Guys. Thank you, Wade. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yep, good to talk to you. Wade Looking Bills, we take a look at Iowa, Indiana tonight. Hawks, a slight favorite Big Ten Network. And, of course, radio-wise, uh, News Radio 1040 WHO. Boy, oh boy, they've left themselves a lot to do. You just had those Michigan and Maryland wins in your back pocket. This conversation would be so Jeez. different. They would. I don't think they'd still be a tournament team no, like in but, the brackets right now. But they'd have some wiggle room. Where yes. it, was, it wasn't as daunting. But he said it. I mean, talk about winning six in a row with this team. No, I think with the six in a row, he's talking about the win over Michigan. So maybe the next five and then... Because Wisconsin at home, that's a tough game. Yeah. Iowa is projected to win their next four games at Ken Palm. By two, five, four, and seven. And then projected to lose six of the last seven. Yeah, it's not crazy. With the, with the one win being Penn State, I'm guessing? Yes. Uh-huh. Those waters are deep, Trent. <laughs> once you get through, once you come home from Maryland on Valentine's Day night, whew, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Illinois, Penn State, Northwestern, Illinois again. Is Yikes. Maryland starting to figure it out, though? Um, yes. I, I, I believe that they are. Yes. You know, you look back. Before mm-hmm. the Iowa game, they just blew the game against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they had that one for the yep. taking. They played really well at Northwestern. We know that's not an easy place to play. Nope. They've won four out of six. They beat Illinois on the road, Tough. Iowa on the road, yeah. home wins against Michigan and Nebraska. Maybe we're they sleeping a little Nebraska, bit on Maryland. They blew Nebraska out, They too. did. One ne- by 22. And Nebraska started. Nebraska got off to a... I was watching. It was, it was just 10-1, to 1, I think, at one point really? in the game. Yes. Now they come back, Maryland. Maybe we're... Yeah, Maryland's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. It's that. not the Michigan loss. No. That no. one was yeah. inexcusable. Yeah, Young went off. Yes. You know what it was? with The, the Maryland loss, I think, lingers because of the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Seven-point lead with a couple right, minutes to go. Right, right, right. And then Young goes crazy. And he, Makes a three that might not have been a three, but nobody looked. And as bad a defense as you're going to find uh-huh. on the last possession. Yep. Yep. Time for another $1,000 keyword. You can uh, head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter this nationwide keyword credit, credit at KXNO.com. Credit is the keyword, KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Murph and Andy have a couple of opportunities. The drive with Heather and, I mean, with Sean and Trent. Yes, yes. Uh, filling in for Heather. She's got the day off today uh, from 3 until 6, but there are more opportunities throughout the afternoon on the $1,000 Swish keyword. We're back with Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Uh, inside the Big 12 schedule, what does he like? What does what did he find a little odd? Uh, he'll join us when we come back. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. By the way, just uh, just saw a report from Indiana where we'll play tonight. So uh, your uh, little nugget that you had earlier in the show was spot on. The the seven-footer is on the floor. Couldn't have waited one more game, could he? <laughs> uh, let's uh, talk to our friend Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports, as we dive into the Big 12. Big 12 football schedule release. We now know where they fall on the schedule, what dates they are going to be on. Pete, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on, Pete Mundo. Uh, always appreciate our conversation. How are you? Doing well, guys. It's uh, football schedule release day, as you noted. So uh, life is good. No complaints. And I don't know about up there, but here in Kansas City, after spending half uh, most of the month under you know zero degrees 60 degrees 
I'll take it. No, with the, we uh, we had the same thing here, and it's uh, just brutal. Uh, but it was nice to get a little bit of a respite, and nice to get the schedule, as you mentioned, Pete. I guess it was I was under the uh, what now must be a misconception uh, that there was going to be more Big Twelve games kind of spread out earlier in the week. See, that is Thursday and Friday. There are a handful. I just assumed there was going to be more. Uh, did was were you ever led to believe that uh, that that was going to be the case? That ESPN would dictate more. Thursdays and Fridays? Yes, but a part of me wonders if they're now waiting for next year uh, for that because, you know, this schedule, we got the uh, opponents for these Big 12 teams, you know, several weeks ago now at this point. And I just wonder with the way they put these schedules together, if that plan is really a plan for the 2025 season and beyond and 2024 was for whatever reason, I know these schedules and putting them together are way more complicated than any of us realize. Um, the short notice of getting the turnaround times, because if you're scheduling a team on a Wednesday or a Thursday, that changes, I mean, the, the downstream effect, the snowball effect, whatever you want to call it, um, from putting a game on a Thursday or a, you know, a Wednesday or a Friday, there are impacts there for several teams that have to be considered. So I do think that's coming to the Big 12. I just don't think, and clearly it's not going to be the shock of 2024 that we thought it might be, and it'll be rolled out over time more and more every single year. Peter, are you a proponent of Thursday games? College football on Thursdays used to be a big thing. I know Amazon's getting good numbers, but it's still streaming. Is there an opportunity for the Big 12 to retake what the ACC had for a number of years with those Thursday games? Do you see that as an opportunity for the Big 12? I do. I think it's smart. I would take Thursday over Friday yep, um, yes. every day of the week. Yep, yep. Uh, I don't want to mess with high school football. I, I agree. You know, the Thursday NFL games on Prime are, are good. Uh, it's obviously working for the NFL. That contract is enormous. It's not going anywhere. But listen, if you're Brett Yormark and your job is to create value for your television partners, um, going up on Saturday against we know what we're dubbing, um, as much as I hate it, the big two of the mm-hmm. Big Ten and the SEC – this gets value. And in the end, you know, maximizing value of your properties is the goal of any business. And uh, for the Big 12, this is, you know, one way to go about doing it. And that's getting Thursday night games on the schedule, being the, you know, more or less only game in town when you talk about linear television. And remember, I mean, you know, the Big 12 has done pretty well with some of these weeknight games when it comes to ratings and viewerships on Thursday and Friday. So, I think it's here to stay, um, and I think we're going to see more of it in the years to come. Pete, uh, we're, we're taking a look from an Iowa State perspective at when they play Kansas, and obviously Cyclone fans, a lot of uh, Cyclone slash Kansas City Chiefs fans. Um, what's the likelihood? I guess where I'm going is, could Arrowhead host a football game on back-to-back days? Have they done that before? They've hosted college games before, but has there been a college game on a Saturday and then turn around Sunday with the Chiefs hosting whomever? Not that I'm aware of. It uh, doesn't mean it's impossible, but you know as well as I do that Arrowhead, uh, no offense to KU or Iowa State, they are not going to risk that field being in any kind of bad shape for their half-a-billion-dollar multi-Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Um, right. They're not going to let you know a, a bunch of guys whose football careers are over in, in December potentially put holes in that field, and then Patrick Mahomes blows out a knee the next day. So uh, it looks like they've got a handful of games that are going to be in Arrowhead. Uh, four games, I believe, is the number that are going to be at Arrowhead um, this year. But I did not. I don't have it in front of me. 
but I do not believe that one of those is the Iowa State game. I could be proven Yeah, they are. That, but Iowa State plays there on the ninth. They are? They yes. are there? Yep. Okay. Yep. I didn't see that. All right. Well, I mean, that means then you at least know, well, we don't have the Chiefs schedule. You at least right. know the next day is going to be a road game for the Chiefs. That's what I, that's what I figured. And the other home games for, for, for the Jayhawks are at the, uh, what's the soccer, the women's soccer team, the, um, God. Uh, children, it's going to be at Children's Mercy okay. Park. Which is actually where the sporting, uh, the men's soccer team okay. plays, Sporting KC. Gotcha. So that's on the Kansas side of the state line in uh, Kansas City, Kansas, and that'll be. It looks like their 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 lesser tier, lower tier game. Yeah, the non-con, I think, or that's where they're going to play. Anyways, good stuff. Anything jump out football wise, Pete? As you're perusing through, and now you got, I mean, so many teams, and you're trying to figure out. Was there something? Oh, they got an easy draw. The the schedule sets up well. Anything that jumped out, just kind of surface level, when you looked at the conference as a whole. Um, not necessarily, but I admit, guys, you know, uh, I haven't really done a deep dive into it since it came out uh, a couple hours ago. So I, uh, the long and short is no. But I'm always intrigued by some of the new teams. Like mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I was looking at BYU schedule. They've only got one road trip to a traditional Big 12 team. They go to Baylor early in the season, and then they've got UCF, Utah, and Arizona State. So you got two former Pac-12 schools, and then UCF is one of the newer schools, of course, with BYU, whereas BYU made four or five road trips to traditional Big 12 schools this past season. So I think stuff like that's interesting, where we're going to be watching a game that a lot of us you know, would perceive to be a Pac-12 game, but it'll be a Big 12 game. And, and you're going to see more of that, of course, this year. So it's going to be an adjustment for us as Big 12 fans. Uh, Big 12 got a real marquee boost coaching-wise when Colorado joined and bring Deion Sanders with him. How many, how many years do you think Sanders is in the Big 12? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, here's the thing. I, I don't think right now the conversation should not be about Deion leaving for somewhere it should be about can he even win there i mean you know we saw him completely collapse when mm-hmm. one conference game in the pac-12 and we've been talking about this at heartlandcollegesports.com and our on our uh, message boards i mean their schedule this year find me four wins i find, i mean north dakota state's tough at nebraska they want revenge colorado state nearly beat them last year and then the Big 12 slate, Baylor, UCF, K-State, Arizona, Cincinnati, Texas Tech, Utah, Kansas, Oklahoma State. I can make a case for them losing every single one of those games. I mean, if they go 2-1 and one in non-con, which would be impressive, and they win, maybe you find them two conference wins, that's 4-8. and eight. That's over two years for Dion. what, 8-16? and 16? Mm. I think Dion is guaranteed three years, but after that, if this thing's not improving... Um, you have to wonder if the experiment works. Here's the problem. There's a lot of people on the hook if the experiment doesn't work from the AD on down. So that's why they desperately need to make it work. But if Dion's just running a four-win program, the shine is going to wear off very, very quickly. And we saw that throughout the course of last season after it was the September of Dion, and then very quickly fell from there. Let's get over to some basketball, Pete. And this league is an absolute grind Houston last night winning in overtime at Texas. Have they separated themselves now? I know conference standings-wise they're not the number one team. It's still Tech. But is Houston a clear number one to you now? Yes. And I I think there's a fairly sizable drop-off to whoever number two is. I think there's a great debate for number two. Um, You can talk Iowa State. You can talk Tech. You can talk Kansas. Um, But, you know, Houston in particular, when I look at this team, I see, obviously, the best defensive team in the Big 12. I see a team that's incredible at rebounding. 
I mean, last night I'm watching them against Texas, and, I mean, they just they fight. They scrap every ball they're going after. Now, of course, they blew a lead, and they had to win it in overtime. But I, this is a team, and when it's hitting three-pointers, I mean, it's, it's lights out. And that's what you saw, um, especially early in this game for Houston and also this past weekend against Kansas State. They get off to a hot start. If they're hitting threes, no one's going to beat them. Um, now, March is always crazy. But I think for Houston, there was a, a period there early in the season when they realized, hey, this is not the AAC. We can't walk through this conference and win 30 games. It's every night is a grind. So they lost two games early on to Iowa State and TCU, both on the road. But now they're kind of feeling themselves. They've won five in a row. Uh, they go to Allen Fieldhouse against KU mm. this weekend. That's going to be an incredible matchup uh, this Saturday. And, you know, I, I think even if they lose a close game, it doesn't change my opinion that, this is the team to beat um, in this league just based on what I'm seeing and what I think will transpire over the next uh, five, six weeks. Uh, a couple more minutes with uh, Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Can't wait for that game. Pursuant to Kansas, watch them, uh, Iowa State, uh, knock them off over the weekend. Really fun basketball game. I was struck by Self's, I guess, lack of bench. Uh, I don't recall a Kansas team that was um, – there's really nobody. There's no sixth man that just wow. This guy's coming in. He's a spark. Or there's there's really no depth on this Jayhawks team, which is alarming when it comes to Bill Self and that how he normally builds his teams. No, I know. He, I mean, I think Bill typically will want to go seven, maybe eight deep. Yeah. I mean, he went nine deep on that championship run a couple of years ago. But I mean, you feel good about obviously some of the guys who have been around McCullough and Adams and and Harris and, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of those glue guys. And then obviously Hunter Dickinson is kind of your transfer big-time uh, uh, veteran star. And then Johnny Furphy's the young kid who's kind of working his way through as a freshman as a sharpshooter. But it, there is a massive drop-off after that. And, um, you know, Bill Self is going to use, as, as many of the great coaches do, they use the regular season to kind of figure out what their rotation is going to be coming March, knowing they're going to be a, a one, two, three, four seed but just setting it up to try to get that rotation figured out. He's going to do it. I just don't know if he has it and if he's going to be comfortable with whatever that rotation is because, um, you know, they get out-rebounded a lot. I know you're going to look at the stat line for Hunter Dickinson and you'll say, well, he's averaging, you know, a double-double. Yeah, but, I mean, if I need a big rebound if I'm KU, I have no confidence that Hunter Dickinson is going to be able to get it for me. He's soft a lot of the times down low. If he's got a big body on him, he wants no part of it. And then you're relying on guys like K.J. Adams and Kevin McCuller. And, and I think Adams is a great, tough, blue guy in a championship team. But if I'm relying on him as my leading rebounder, I'm not incredibly confident if I'm a team that's trying to get to a Final Four and win a national championship. And frankly, those are the expectations every year in Lawrence. Iowa State goes on the road to Baylor. New pavilion there. Beautiful building. Do you hate the camera angle like my partner Ken Miller does? I... I'm used to it with Oklahoma State for the years after yep, the renovation yep. made it even more steep. I don't see it as a big deal. Some people freak out. Where are you watching these Baylor games now in the new gym? Oh, it's funny. It's one of the most uh, controversial things if you go around <laughs> the Heartland College sports staff. Um, I know it bothers some of us. I Listen, um, if I'm bothering about camera angles, watching a basketball game on my big screen TV that costs a <laughs> fraction of what it did 15 years ago, yeah. man, life is good. So, yeah. I, um, I, you know... I, I just think back to, and I know you guys remember, and it wasn't all that long ago when, uh, you know, if you're a Big 12 fan like I am, like you guys are, 
you might be able to watch a game a night, a couple of games a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're watching all these games on ESPN Plus. That broadcast has come a long way. Uh, yeah, the camera angle's goofy, but heck, it appears to create a great um, environment there at, at, at Baylor, and they needed that. I think anyone that builds an arena built for the fan and built for home court advantage. If I'm just sitting at home, I'll deal with the camera angle. If it was in the corner, we got a problem. If it's a little too steep, I'm not losing sleep over it. Heartland College Sports, for you Big 12 fans, Heartland College Sports, Pete and his staff over there do a phenomenal job uh, on the conference. Pete, as always, thanks for finding a few minutes for us. We will uh, talk with you uh, down the road. Thank you, Pete Mundo. You bet, guys. Have a great day. Yeah, good to talk to you. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. According to Logan Shaw, there was a double dip at Arrowhead bet back in 2008. Iowa State, K-State, and then the Chiefs and the Giants the very next day. But it's been a while. Sign up for that. Yeah, I would too. But I think Pete's right. Um, you know, the, 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 it's a natural grass field. Mm-hmm. If, if it was field turf, you have no problems, right? But they play on grass at Arrowhead. Um, so you probably won't get that opportunity to, you know, double dip your football weekend. But that would be fun, wouldn't it? And just four Big Twelve games for Kansas at home this year. Right, they're 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 four and five. Yes. Yeah. Last year Iowa State was in that spot. This year they get five on five at home, four on the road. Um, we'll take our final timeout. Trent's plays of the day coming up next. Much deeper slate of games yes. in basketball tonight. We're thankfully. not digging deep into this. Oh. One. Yeah. Yesterday was brutal. Did you watch any Duke Vatek? I did. Duke just kind of controlled it. Man. Are they? Uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> like them. Are they? They're a second weekend team, though. Don't you think? No, you don't think they are. No, I'm not right now. No, okay, I, I don't see that. Okay, they seem like a you know, six, seven seed that gets bounced in the second round. Okay, that's more. Maybe this is the year where. You get beat by a Lehigh again. Those are always fun years. <laughs> Duke out early is always good for me. Uh, 1245, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, Trent sitting in for Heather today. Sean and Trent from 3 until 6. Well, Trent, Circus Sports sponsors, your plays of the day. Are you going to dabble on the Iowa-Indiana game? It is part of the equation, oh, yes. All right. uh, got in a lot of these games last night. In fact, of the seven games I have here on the card for today... Six of them I fired at last night. Five of the six, I have beat the market. I have a okay, better price good. now. These prices are not available, including those Iowa Hawkeyes. The opener at FanDuel, as Circa will always tell you, shop around for mm-hmm. the best price. And I found them plus one and a half last night. Now they're favored by two and a half. So a little closing line value on that one. But I think Iowa gets it done. Indiana's just kind of a mess. Yeah. The matchup-wise, it feels like a matchup that really plays into the style mm-hmm. of Iowa incredibly well. Stay out of foul trouble. Can't let Ware just get going inside. Yep. Can't let Galloway hit a bunch of three-pointers. But I think Indiana's kind of a mess right now. We'll see. Okay. Woodson have a little something extra in the locker room coming out. We'll see if they come up fired in. Along with Iowa. Let's go. I, I am going to lose more money on North Carolina this year. I'm fading <laughs> them again tonight. Look-ahead spot with Duke on the horizon. Win last oh, weekend. Oh, I like that angle, Trent. They go to Georgia Tech, sleepy environment in Atlanta. I'm grabbing nine and a half Georgia Tech, and I hate myself for doing it. <laughs> I think I've faded Carolina now five straight games, and they've covered every single one of them. It's gross, but and I'm going to you got to be right one of these nights. What, what is that, the gambler's fallacy? Yeah. Uh-huh, just keep doubling up. Eventually, mm-hmm. you're going to get there. TCU, I'm going to lay the four and a half at home against Texas Tech. Rude awakening coming for Tech. I like that Tech team. 
Pop is that really a television good. game or is that a plus game? Do you know? That is, as I click on it, it is ESPN 2, okay. 6 o'clock for All that right. one. Kansas State, going to lay it at home against Oklahoma. Sooners are just so inconsistent, aren't they? Yes, no question. And that might be mm-hmm. as up and down. When they hit their heights, them and gonna, Texas. And Texas say, boy, that's a good one. <laughs> Both those teams. And we saw a blow up when those yep. two teams got together for the first time. In-state rivalry tonight. Give me Ole Miss, laying the one and a half at home against Mississippi State. Two teams, kind of bubblicious. Now, Mississippi is 17-3. and The resume is pretty light, though. Kind of we talked about South Carolina earlier. Michigan State's going to be Michigan by 50. Okay. I'm going to lay 11 and a half with confidence here. And is that finally, the number, 11 and a half? 11 and a half. And there's 12. Rival? Oh, my. Yeah. Finally, Colorado State. Going to lay the one and a half at home against San Diego State. Colorado State last week. Lost one of the most inexplicable games at Wyoming. They're up seven. With how much? 20 seconds left. Oh, my God. They're up 11 with a minute to go. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's a major collapse. Lost it in overtime. Bounce back here for Colorado State. The seven plays again. Colorado State minus one and a half. Michigan State minus 11 and a half. Ole Miss minus one and a half. K-State minus two and a half. Iowa got them at plus one and a half. Not out there anymore. Georgia Tech and TCU, the plays of the day. You've got high school hoops tonight? Do. Heading up to Johnston, seeing the Dragons for the first time this season as they make their way at home against Waukee Northwest. 745, boys only on a Tuesday. As we'll bring you the call, down the dial, 96.9 FM. All right, Murph and Andy, they come up next. The drive from 3 until 6 for Miller and Condon weekdays, 11 to 1. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. I know.